we may never work in the same way again. So reimagine the office with scalable workspaces that flex to your needs. Design-led interiors and world-class IT. Iconic offices have reinvented the future of working, so you don't have to. Hybrid offices, co-working, or custom floors for a global HQ. 16 prime Dublin locations, infinite possibilities. Experience it for yourself. Visit iconicoffices.ie to reimagine how working can work for your business. Taking stock on News Talk. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. We're joined now by Des Travers, CEO of Parcel Delivery Business DPD Ireland. Des, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Well, good morning, Gavin. What are parcel volumes like at the moment versus the same time last year? Uh, parcel volumes are still very strong. Gavin, uh, this year we'll deliver. We estimate by the end of the year we'll deliver 44 million parcels this year against 36 million parcels last year. So, uh, so strong growth and, uh, and and superb company performance. So that tells us that even though things are starting to get back to normal, e-commerce really is continuing to grow, although maybe at a slower rate. Yeah, it's definitely a slower rate, but um, it's blended now the way people are uh, are getting their purchases certainly an awful lot of them are still staying on and particularly with the bigger websites uh, seem to be still as strong as ever um and but there's certainly some return back into the shops again for particularly for things like footwear and things like that that people want to try on uh, it seems to be a slowdown in that area now are there delays in getting stuff through the system because we're hearing a lot about driver shortages for example delivery drivers i mean and then shipping containers not being where they need to be around the world. Well, it's, it's, it, there's not a delay really across the broader picture, but in certain specific markets. And so, for instance, the, the containers coming out of China, as an example, obviously, it's been well documented. So anybody who's got product or that's the supply chain is affected by that. But generally speaking, I think that it's generally strong uh, across the across the different various sectors that we work with. So um, not really been a great uh, impact on us. Uh, I think that probably more impact on the volumes has been Brexit and the UK volumes are certainly a lot lower than they were this time last year. You've obviously had massive expansion over the last two years or so. Have you found it hard to get drivers for your business here? Uh, have you found it hard to Hire the people you need in your depots to, to process these parcels? We haven't had a shortage of drivers as such, but certainly uh, the quantity of the candidates coming through is a lot less than it used to be. And for us, really, again, this is another one where you want to be the employer of choice. If you want to lead in the marketplace, then you've got to make sure that you look after these people in the front line. And as I say, that's one of our USPs that we try our best to make sure that in as many cases we can, that we can absolutely get the best person we can into our van to deliver the, the parcels to the customers. Well, what are we talking about there in, in terms of what's on offer? Because this has been one of the, the big stories in, in Britain. We see, you know, DHL, for example, I think 46 grand a year is what they're offering uh, drivers, which is considered high for the sector. Well, there's there's a various amount of things, I think. First of all, a lot of that stuff that's been put on is really on line haul drivers. And the UK is probably a bit special at the moment in that they're now no longer allowing anybody into the country from Eastern Europeans, which a lot of the driving community for line haul drivers came from. So it's uh, 
the 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 heavy goods vehicles and the class ones and now the legal restrictions on them that they need to have a no license and all those things that's what driving that uh, driver restrictions but it's not driving it in vans there are some changes coming through now uh, in vans and in regard to the old license and people having to have special skills in driving and that'll make it a change but that's not here yet and it will, but it will be here in the next two or three years let's talk a bit about brexit then just in general terms what's been the impact you know the impact has been obviously the duties and taxes on goods coming in from the uk uh, we've had to adapt our business. It's probably been the biggest change we've ever seen in our business on parcels coming through that we've got to have slick systems and methods of being able to do the customs clearance processes, make sure that Irish revenue get the duties and taxes and get paid for them coming through. And customers and consumers have been asked to pay duties and taxes on anything that's coming in from the UK. So. So some businesses have adapted to that and basically paid the taxes and duties up front in the UK and then others are asking the consumers for the money and we have to manage our systems. Uh, we've been pretty good at it. I don't think we've been perfect at it, but we've been reasonably good at it and we're fairly happy now that the parcels that come in, about 2% of all the parcels that come in from the UK, the consumers refuse to pay the duties and taxes and they go back. So that's something again that we never had to deal with before. Yeah. So that I mean, your your people have to to confront this problem. They arrive at the door or whatever, say, "Look, need a few bob off you," and maybe the customer doesn't realise. And what? So they say, "Well, I'm not paying. I'd take it back." Yeah, we we actually process it before the driver. We don't burden the driver with it. So we actually do it through our technology um, right at the very front end. So when the parcel comes out of one of the UK, let's just take ASOS as an example. If it comes through from ASOS, as soon as we get the data on that, we ask the consumer for the duties and taxes and they pay it before the parcel arrives into Ireland. And then so that way, then we can just clear the goods straight through uh, with customs and do the revenue documentation. And if they haven't paid us before that, then we don't send the parcel out for delivery. So then we return the parcel back again. So we don't actually burden the, the driver with it. You did put a pause at the start, didn't you, on, on parcels coming to yeah. the island of Ireland from the island of Britain. Yeah, we did. We we had a we had a full week where we didn't bring anything in, and uh, and that was a decision that wasn't taken lightly by our business. But it was a a decision that we had to take uh, simply because uh, the UK business uh, was absolutely smothered with the processing systems for all of Europe that we were doing and that we weren't getting the traffic through into uh, our system and into through customs processes that easily. So we took a pause to get the things that were stopping us doing that and put it right and now we've put it right. Yes, you, you took you took a week to kind of get the house in order and you're able to move on and it sounds like it's going relatively well. You, you mentioned you did have some teething problems. Uh, maybe let's just delve into that a little bit more. I mean, what, what kind of teething problems are uh, have you encountered? Yeah, look, we, we uh, you, you know, when you, I suppose like anybody has been through a huge uh, IT and technical change, uh, when you start off with a document and you're reading through a document and you're preparing a program or work and everything else and, and you do it along the lines of the document and the structure that you're given and then you find when you actually get into the real world that actually it's not quite the same and they, they were, it was the little intricate little details um, that, that uh, ended up catching us out a little bit on the processes coming across. Things like HS codes, um, 
the deferment, the duties, all that sort of stuff, right? It was all uh, technical things that you have to get right, and we needed just to smooth them out before we were able to go. Look, we're doing 700,000 through a week uh, through this process. So if you've got little things that are not right and you have to do manual in interventions and things like that, you just can't do it because of the scale. So we had to stop and put them right, and we have put them right. So. Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier, though, things seem to be going smoothly now, but there is a big drop in parcel volumes you're seeing. Yes, the, the UK parcel volumes down about 20%. So, and look, we see it, we're talking to our customers, we're very close to our customers, and we're seeing customers in Ireland, as an example, are now looking to go to a European website or a, or a Irish website uh, to purchase the goods rather than buy it from a UK website because um, the customs processes and everything else are uh, restricting what they can do. So uh, that's a, that's amazing. I I'd never heard that before. So because I I would have thought it was more a function that some of the companies, be it I don't know Amazon or whoever, that they're, you know, maybe they've just moved where they're servicing Ireland from. So they did it proactively. They kind of decided, look, well, let's get out of Britain. We'll service Ireland from France or or whatever. But you're telling me that people are actually proactively themselves the end user they're deciding to buy european instead who who are these people is it ordinary punters is it businesses or, or what is it it's both it's businesses it's it's, it's punters i mean you just mentioned amazon an example so amazon are now uh putting their first ever fulfillment center into rathkill it'll be open before the end of the year and the reason they're doing that is so they don't have to source out the uk so, so it's it, they're doing it in a bigger scale to everybody else, but everybody's looking at this and seeing how's the easiest way and what's the smoothest way to get the parcel to the consumer. Yeah, so it is, it is, it is a mix of both. It is companies doing it, and it is yeah. seemingly uh, seemingly punters doing yeah. it as well. Our guest here on News Talk is Des Travers, CEO of Parcel Delivery Business DPD Ireland. Let's take a step back for a minute, Des, and talk a bit more about your business. You've had this strong growth over the last couple of years. Why should somebody use you to send a parcel rather than, say, on post? Well, well look, why should you use us rather than on post? Interesting question. You know, we have certainly been very strong in the marketplace, and because of our growth, and we've taken business from all our competitors. Um, in the last year, and the reason is because they like the offering that we have. You know, we have some great customer uh, feedback on the interactions that we have. We're always talking to our customers, listen to what they tell us, the notifications, the one-hour window. Uh, the way What's that, the one-hour window? Well, the one-hour window is that we every single delivery of the 44 million deliveries that we're going to do, we're going to tell every customer that we're going to deliver it within a certain window in the day. So your window could be 9 to 10, somebody else could be half 8 to half 9. Uh, it's all done through our system and we generate a predict notification. We send it to you at half past 8 in the morning and we tell you that your parcel delivery is going to be at 11 o'clock so you can plan your day in accordance with uh, your own activity. So... And as I say, we see, uh, it's, and it's not just the one-hour window, it's all the other things that we do. We give you notifications if there's any delays. We can You can track the van, you can talk to the driver. You can do all the different things that you want to do to be able to make the delivery easy for you. So that's what uh, our customers buy from us, and that's what, uh, generally speaking, then that's where we, we get most of our business because we're good at that end of the business. Yeah, now I presume there's a cost premium associated with all of this uh, service that you're talking about, but but clearly your your thinking is that if you're Amazon again or or some some other company, they're thinking, well, we want our 
e-commerce customers to have a good experience. So we'll use DPD and this will just make things smooth. Is that the idea? Absolutely. And as I say, it's essential. Again, no matter what e-commerce customer you are, you know, the only really things that you ever experience from an e-commerce is you on the website, you buy the product and then you don't see anything from that company. Again, the only thing you see is a delivery driver. And if the delivery driver doesn't reflect the ethos of your company, then effectively you might not go back to that website again to buy because the experience wasn't good enough. So you reckon this year it's it's going to be 44 million parcels you'll have to handle versus 36 yeah. last year. So what is required to deal with that? I mean, do you have to add more space to, in, in terms of depots or what? Yes, we, well, we've got a big investment program, but we have every year. So we're spending five million uh, this year in our hub. It'll be the last time we can do anything with the hub. So basically we'll be out of space and uh, we've already been to our owners in France, we're owned by the Post and France have agreed for us to, uh, in the next uh, two years, that we'll build a new hub now. And so we're going to have a second hub in Ireland in two years' time. But for the time being, we're spending five million on conveyors, on a special piece of equipment that's coming in uh, from Germany that's going to enable us to do faster processing of e-commerce parcels. Um, currently doing extensions in six depots, uh, building two new depots. And that program just has to keep going because, you know, as numbers stack up, then you just got to get size and scale into your network. And that's where we that we keep looking all the time. Where do we need to go next? What do we need yeah. to do next? And, and basically make sure we've got a plan and that we can get the, you know, again, cyber weekends coming up, you know, very shortly on us now. And for us and in our industry, you know, whether you're us or Unpost or MDLs, you know, your customers expect you to deliver parcels 52 weeks of the year. So you've got to be able to yeah. deliver cyber volumes. You mentioned there where it's going to go. I'm going to ask you where it's going to go quite literally at this hub, this new massive hub that you're going to start over the next two years. Where yeah. in Ireland is that going to go? Yeah, it's, it's not finally decided and I'm not evading that. It's, we have a company um, that we hired, a consultancy company, and they've taken all our flows, all our parcels that are coming in at the moment, all the customers we have, and basically they'll do a full analysis for us and then they'll come back and give us a, a, the exact location that we should be looking to place up. But yeah. the, good, the good news is that we have the money committed from France to be able to build it, so we have the capital. Yeah, but it's a really, I mean, it's a really interesting question, isn't it? Because the bulk of the population obviously is in the east of the country. I don't know where your current hub is, Des, but I would presume it's in the east. So then the question is, do you add more in the east or do you maybe locate in Limerick or, or somewhere like that to serve the West a bit easier and, and have your delivery drivers doing fewer miles. Yeah, well, our actual current hub is in Athlone. So uh, there, and part of the uh, piece of work that's currently being conducted is here to see there are certain elements of it that make sense to have the hub near the existing hub. And that makes sense from a resource point of view and certainly from a line haul point of view, but the parcel flows, as you say, are coming in on one side of the country mainly. So therefore, uh, there's an argument for that. But we need the stats, we need the details, we need the the, the, the granular information to be able to make it. You know, it's a, it's a huge decision where that actual hub goes. And as I say, but we're ready to uh, we're ready to make that decision. And in the next, I would say, before Christmas, anyway, we'll have made that decision and we'll be moving on with that. It's about an 18-month project to get it completely up and running and get moving. A lot of talk, of course, about the whole climate implications of all this, and the obvious trend is is the move away from 
petrol and diesel delivery vans towards electric. But the other one, of course, that gets a lot of headlines is drones. So I wonder, Des, what your view is on, on drones? Are they a feasible thing to, to, to sort of be the norm in parcel delivery in, in a few years? I, I'm not too sure exactly about drones, to be honest. I think the jury's still out for me. Um, we did meet a company, an Irish company, actually, uh, going back maybe two years ago that were going to put drones uh, in for food deliveries. And uh, and we thought it'd be interesting for parcels as well. There's a lot of pros and cons to it. Uh, I don't really think that in terms of sustainability, it's going to maybe one part of the sustainability answer. It's certainly not uh, going to be uh, the total uh, part of the sustainability argument and certainly the carbon uh, with the drone is, is zero, so it's a it's a thing that we would certainly be encouraging uh, to go in. But the move towards the electric vehicle, you know, the 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 gas truck, all those sort of things. I think they're all going to come first before uh, there'll be a lot of drones in the air delivering parcels. So, what in particular are the things you're unsure about? Is it just the mechanics of the the drones and their ability to deal with the parcels, or what? No, actually, I think that they actually have that bit uh, sorted. I think it's the financials and the actual capability of delivering. I mean, if you take our business, as I said earlier on, we're 44 million parcels. You can't deliver them. You can't have that amount of parcels up in the air with drones. And then the second thing is that you need the actual consignee to be at the receiving point on the far side, right? And you've got to be able to deliver. You take a drone into an apartment block, as an example. Um, it's very difficult to understand how that will work. Right, the person has to come out the apartment downstairs out to the front to be able to receive the drone parcel. So there's a couple of things I think that have still got to sort out on that side to make it viable and to make it cost effective enough to be able to do it. So the drone can't just drop it onto the ground? Well, it can, it can but I don't think, uh, I think there are some, some complications in, in, in getting there. Uh. For me, anyway, I, I can't see, for instance, I'll give you an example, right? I have probably in any of the main uh, streets in Dublin too, right? I probably have 100 deliveries a day in there. So I don't know how I'd be able to drop 100 deliveries into Dublin too on the drone. Yeah, well, that is the capacity, clearly. I mean, and we should say, I mean, I think I think it's a very fair point you're making. But actually what people don't realise about these things is the size. Had a guy in a, a couple of weeks ago on the show, uh, Ian Kiley, who's sort of an expert in this area, and he said, like, th- when we think about drones, we maybe think of the the small little things that hobbyists use, but actually, sort of com- commercial delivery drones, yeah. they're the yeah. size of kitchen tables. You know, yeah. hundreds yeah. of flying kitchen tables going around, which is um, maybe a little bit of an alarming prospect. Uh, before I let you go, then, Des, I, I just want to return to the issue of Christmas and and this whole supply chain disruption. You've kind of said already, it's not really coming through as much in parcel delivery. It's more in sort of, uh, you know, b- bigger freight, I suppose, if you want to call it that. You don't think people should be too worried about doing the Christmas shopping early? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, we have a cyber uh, plan that started for us back in May and, and we've been working towards the cyber weekend, which is the biggest weekend for every parcel carrier. And uh, we plan it right down to the last parcel and make sure that we've got all the resources in place to do it. So as far as I'm concerned, from a DPD point of view, you'll be perfectly safe with your cyber parcel with DPD this year. Okay, we leave it there. Des Travers, CEO of DPD Ireland. Thanks very much for being with us. Taking stock on News Talk. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling.